This podcast's audio mastering services generously provided by Ottawa's River Sound. Welcome to me, Casa. Make yourself at home. Do your do. Welcome to my pad. This your lab. Go create your move. Welcome to Face the Music Podcast, featuring your host, me, Zoo, bringing you inside the body of the music industry, where we discuss with various people that play a key role in the industry and how it all connects together to make the puzzle work. The music industry is full of characters ranging from managers down to vocal coaches. Here at Face the Music, we get right into the action of some of the key players. Thanks so much for listening today. We're very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode. A renowned musician here in Ottawa, working hard to bring more blues to your hue. Majestically tall with even more height to his talent, the following guest has been working as a session musician for a few years and now working with a talent such as Vibes by Mello. Studying music theory and sharpening his performance skills at Carleton University, I'm proud to present to you Ben Kistner, everybody. Welcome, Ben. Hi. How you feeling? How you vibing? I'm feeling great. That's it, that's it. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, like, there's... I'm so happy that you're here today because, um, you know, we have a lot of history in, uh, in um, music in general. But today I want to I see how we can be able to pick your brain as a musician in the, in the industry and how you see it from your view, you know. So the first question that I have for you is how do you as a musician define success? Oh, wow. <clears throat> Oof. I, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of musician you are mm. um, and what you need. Like for me, my idea of success would be playing music I like to play and making enough money to not have to work any other kind of job. You know, I can sustain myself just playing the kind of music I want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, while someone else's idea of success might be like playing with someone really famous if you're like a session musician. Or someone else's idea might be, you know, being the person that's really famous. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been, have you ever strived to become something like that? When you actually began as a, mu- as a musician, as a guitarist? Like, what, what made you inspired to be like, you know what, I need to express this noise? Yeah, I, I definitely did want to be famous at some point. And I, I guess I, I still want to be recognized mm-hmm. and appreciated right now. But fame is something different. Like, I don't think there are many famous guitar you know instrumentalists out there right now in this day and age and yeah i don't know fame is not as important to me anymore as just being able to express myself and play the music i like to play that's very interesting because a lot of people coming into the music industry immediately think of the successes and all that um that come along with it you know like living the millionaire life without really being a millionaire you know what i'm saying so like when did you uh, when did that switch from oh my gosh this is way more than fame when did that when did that switch of you saying I should I should be more passionate about this when did, when did that switch happen for you um well I, I'd always been kind of a basement guitarist just kind of playing <laughs> playing with myself you know and yeah. uh, <laughs> uh I never really played with anyone else or done any session work or anything like that and so once I started doing session work with music 
I didn't necessarily love playing. I really appreciated the time I got to play my own music, and that's when I decided, like, wow, I don't want to play just anything. You know, like I don't want to just back up someone who's like really successful, and then I'll be famous and rich and all this. Like, I would just much prefer to just play music I like because I find when you turn music into a job, it's kind of hard to delineate between what I like and what makes me money. Like if you work like some kind of nine to five or something, most tough. then you can spend all day daydreaming about what I love. Like I'm, I'm sitting at work and thinking, oh man, I'm going to go home and play guitar. It's going to be great. But when your job is guitar, like you have a guitar in your hand, then like you get home and like you're sick of it. Like what do I do? Yeah, yeah. So and like, sometimes you lose that excitement. Oh, you know? exactly. excitement, excitement is like happiness and really yeah. like that's the that's the equivalent of happiness what I was want to say. But uh interesting. So like what are some of the things that really actually motivate you to actually pick up the guitar? Like who are some of the people that you look up to that have actually made you say, you know, I want to be better than that person. Like I want to I want to look up make 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 that person almost like me. But like I want to be them. Well said. Um <laughs> probably like <laughs> Derek Trucks would be a big one. Okay. Pedestrian Trucks man. Uh, My man. Slide guitar player. Uh, like kind of R and B influenced jazz people like George Benson, Isaiah Sharkey, hey. people like that. Um, Stu Ray Vaughan, Albert King, Jimi Hendrix, kind of the bluesy. Jimi Hendrix. Feel yes. oriented players. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah, I see those are my big ones. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I'm really happy. Like I'm really happy about some of the the names that you said, especially that already knowing some of the things that you have made and I, hearing your own noise. It's like every time I hear you play, it already inspires me enough. So I mean, um, so my my question to you is then because of all this and turning your passion into work, but not dreading it. Yeah. What drew you into the music industry in general, especially right now, studying music anyways? Ooh, um, well, as you know, uh, I did some studio work when I was younger. Yeah, you know, we had like a little studio mm-hmm. uh, in my house. Um, and that was, that was kind of fun. And that was the first time I'd really collaborated with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never really gotten a chance to do anything with music mm-hmm. before. Um, so that was kind of a fun inside look. Absolutely. Like, and the world of music is all about collaborations. Like, oh my gosh, you have a bass guitar. Oh my gosh, you have a you have a guitar. I have a drums. I like, let's all get together in one house and let's do something. Let's yeah. make some noise. And like, has, was, do you think that the, 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 the introduction or almost the revelation of collaboration really be like that's that was a turning point of fame rather definitely than, you know what i'm saying definitely yeah like jamming with like-minded people most stuff is unreal like really locking in and having a connection with someone is like fun surreal most definitely. And that was like you know doing the studio thing jamming with people and like meeting people who you know liked music and yeah. thought the same way as me and they like playing their own exactly yeah and like yeah using my music and like people actually like my music and like they had more to say than just like that's good or like that's bad and they had like actual comments and they had their own ideas that they could kind of put into my music that was surreal so you know uh, as the studio continued I decided like 
the studio work is my least favorite part of music. So I wanted to focus on live stuff. The live stuff I was doing at the time was like, yeah, so much, so much fun. And so, is that where your creativity is actually is? I mean, absolutely. of course, like with 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 the grids of DAWs and uh, you know being so meticulous with detail, you like the mess. Yeah. Oh, so it's a lot more human to just play live. I find like sometimes I get in the studio and like. It just doesn't come out the same way, Most you know. Depth. It doesn't really mm-hmm. work. There's a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. but you know, jamming with people, especially on stage, and like a good band, like a, a well-rehearsed, mm-hmm. high-functioning band, is it's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nice. It's like some of the best moments in my life have just been jamming with people, whether it's on stage or just like in my basement. You know, yes, it's, it's incredible. Interesting, man. Yeah, I, I really like that you that you you take a lot of inspiration from the the mess. That's just, that's the process. Uh, of course. What is what is in, in that whole process? What, what was one of your biggest challenges to overcome to actually accept this collaboration philosophy? Almost. Oh uh, well, I I compose my own mm. music sometimes, or like sometimes I'll just like have riffs and stuff too that I'll just kind of throw out there. And sometimes you collaborate someone and they have a different idea and like when i first started showing people my music i was like oh man i wrote this yeah. this is exactly how it needs to sound this is the only way it can sound what's stuff and like i didn't want to budge and then you know i met you and like you threw some rap stuff on this song i had and i was like yeah this is not yeah. what i wanted yeah <laughs> i don't know what to think but it worked and it sounded good i was like oh. like i don't want to compromise my sound yeah, but at the same time, like I feel like I'd be missing an opportunity to not, yeah, collaborate. It, I mean, it represented a whole new body and a baby of a concept. Like, exactly, shit. Yeah. like it was like I'm not used to making babies of other dudes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a weird moment for me. It's true, but it's it, true. it worked out beautifully, and it's like it's always kind of scary to to bring my ideas and blend them with other people's ideas and ten thousand percent see this idea I had alone kind of just leave forever and like go into you know not yeah. to be too dramatic or anything but Most definitely. <laughs> you know it that was like a huge huge challenge for me Most definitely now I feel like now coming from uh a, almost like a solo solo artist and moving on to um collaborative aspects what are you working on now um uh, in oh. in the current in the current Ben Kistner for today Well right now I'm I do stuff with Vibe by Melo mm-hmm. I just met him at school Cool guy. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me, uh, Steve Gallant on drums, Jacob Clark on bass. We're hey. kind of working on some stuff. It's like R&B, hip hop. That's like, I, I do a lot of writing for the music side of things for mm-hmm. that. So that's like, I really enjoy that. And then I do a lot of session work, like people like Curtis Adamus and Jan Acosta, Rachel mm-hmm. Orkin, just like singer songwriters around town. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of stuff I'm, I'm doing nowadays. Okay, that's I, awesome. I'm trying to delve into more R&B stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. what I enjoy the most. Well, definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so t- talking about as a session musician, so someone tell me some of the things that uh, uh, you you hear about a session. Do you hear them from like friends, or is there a specific a way that you just keep keep getting into sessions and almost tying your name into the into the into the songwriting credits, like? How do you feel so far about that? Has it has it been a good run for you with that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say like, like as far as hearing about sessions mm-hmm. and potential gig opportunities, like 
just going out and meeting people face to face is the best way to do it. Like mm-hmm. there is an online community for it, but I find it's not super personal online. And like, uh, I don't know, my, my chops, not the greatest theory knowledge, <laughs> not the greatest, but like, it's very personal when I play mm-hmm. and I find a lot of that is lost online. So when I meet people in person, they they really enjoy what I'm doing because it's like I'm communicating on stage and communicating with them in the session and mm-hmm. it's it's well received. So in person is the best way to really ten thousand percent. And kind of give well, yourself. most definitely you can't really express your you can't really express your noise. Yeah. You know, as a musician. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. That's the, you know, so I mean you can't have there is some interesting ways that musicians can collaborate that where um one 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 dude that I recently met uh, was uh, made made a website called Byta B Y T A, um, and they they work with us um, session musicians and also producers etc cetera, etc cetera, where they can be able to file share their own <clears throat> how do I describe it to you their own workings and asks you to what if you can add to it etc cetera, etc cetera, where there's an online collaboration. Have you tried an online collaboration? You know I haven't really. Uh... Like I said, my favorite part of music is, you know, it's less about the studio side and more about the actual jamming with another human being. I, Steph. I, I think that there's a lot of potential for connecting online with other musicians, mm-hmm. especially if you're like tech savvy and you know about studio stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but just me personally, uh, a lot of what I appreciate about music is lost when I do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would just much prefer to just jam with someone live, and that's. Like every connection I made is just from people I met at shows or anything. Like it also helps them so damn tall and have this like bright green guitar. Like you have to look at me. Like you know, I'm like doing nothing miss. in the back. You have to see me. So that's it's, nice. Yeah, it's that's yeah. That's excellent, man. I mean, um, speaking like of like live, I feel like a lot of that is what um, authenticity sells. You know what I'm saying? So like you being live shows people, oh my gosh, Ben has way more than just a guitar. He's also funky and all that. Do you believe that um, the tour life um, is something that you are looking forward to in the coming years? I mean, touring is pretty wild. Like mm-hmm. I've I've never toured like I've done like very small tours. And even like a three or four day tour is like a huge toll on like my mental health even and like my physical health because it's like nonstop every day. And like, especially like with Mellow, like I'm pouring my heart out, you know, like I'm like really into it. And, you know, you're just like every day is post-show blues, but then also you're playing a show. <laughs> and so you just pour yourself out again. And then the next day is just like this streak of post-show blues and then you get to the end and like what do you even do like you're just destroyed and exhausted and like every night you get drunk because free drinks drinks, you're eating like shit and it's it's terrible like a lot of touring musicians have a lot of trouble with mental health it's so much ten thousand percent so a lot of a lot of seminars and conferences that uh i have attended recently they keep talking about how you better better get ready and prepare yourself yeah. for the tour life yeah you know um have you have you recently had any of that oh, you haven't gone on tour yet but have you ever have you felt that recently yet is what i'm saying 
like preparing that, 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 that post blues you're t- describing oh, yeah, all absolutely. that like yeah because i know that you you're already doing a lot of shows with vibes right yeah. now right so like have you actually f- experienced that yet oh definitely yeah like yeah. after most shows i'll get like because i mean you're you're exerting so much if you're stuff. if you're in a, a band that requires it but like you know after like you're ripping like monster solos <laughs> and you're like really going hard it's it's exhausting you know and like for high energy bands you're like jumping around on stage you have to be like exciting to watch and energetic and like i don't have that much energy dude like i don't like i don't have enough to give every single night and then also have some left for me it's really it's a lot you know damn yeah like i gotta run on the treadmill or something you know what i'm saying like Like that you gotta be jumping up and down exactly it's it's unbelievable you know and also like as far as you know the emotional side of things like you're you're ex- expressing yourself on stage it's like not to sound too meta or douchey but like it's it's hard to go out and be honest on stage in front of you know however many people mm-hmm. in a, like a big bar even like in front of like five people of like a shitty show or something Steph. like it's it's a lot to go out and just like really pour yourself out it's it's a lot and it's, it's hard to recover from it's not something Steph. that most people have to do every day like really be like super honest and pour out what you're feeling inside you can just box that shit away and you every can just night. like yeah. yeah you can just watch a sad movie and cry about it later it alone in your room. And you're like doing it on stage is hard and it's embarrassing <laughs> Most and to do that every night like i i wouldn't be able to handle that <laughs> so i don't know like about touring life i the idea of playing shows mm-hmm. all the time is appetizing to every musician but as far as the realistic side of things i don't know mm-hmm. how well it would work out mm-hmm. but in a perfect world i play shows every night and i'd wake up feeling great about it the next yeah, day yeah. The, the hang <laughs> not hungover at all you know death. yeah <laughs> but uh yeah as far as touring life goes um i think there's a lot of unspoken grief on the instrumentalist side of things especially on the frontman side of things because i mean no matter how much i pour out as an instrumentalist the frontman is like this star absolutely oh my god like that's a lot of pressure yeah that's and like also and that, that's the one that's actually controlling the crowd yeah the exactly crowd what to like, do they're doing everything like at the bigger shows uh-huh. i couldn't do that <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah those front mans yeah we're they're good they're we, good at what they do most <laughs> definitely we gotta give a shout out to front mans shout out to front mans shout out break <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Uh, that's very interesting. That I'm really happy that you said that because a lot of not a lot of musicians actually see that far yeah. into their own career, especially how I'm talking to um, real, real, real managers lost in their own um, lost in their own careers, and talking to really grown artists and talking about the only way that you can be able to be successful nowadays is you need to tour yeah. because these streaming numbers can be easily just muddled down, and you can be you can be paid in like puddles is what they say oh streaming you know? is n- there's no money in actually releasing music nowadays there's like the only point of releasing music is for popularity you're not going to make any money touring and merch and all that fun stuff that's where the money is so like these big multi-million dollar tours that's where the money's at So like the, these people's lives like big artists is literally just release album tour like a year or something and then come back 
work on more music so you can tour again and make money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I recently, I recently seen this this beautiful example uh, when I saw one time a, a Tech Nine show, and uh, Tech Nine uh, was with was on stage with Chris Calico, uh. and Chris Calico and him were just, they they are real entertainers. But at the end of that show, Chris Calico goes, "If you guys want to buy some merch, meet me." At the front, I'll be there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just even him being there, I, it increased like the sales by oh, like, yeah. like seventy five thousand percent. Like what? Well, why do you think merch is so expensive? Like you're paying like forty dollars for a t shirt. Sometimes it's like, you know, I can go to H and M and buy one for four dollars. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. But it's because like they're not. You're not buying a t shirt. You're not. Your money's not going to a t shirt. Your is money going to them, the artists. Yeah. So yeah. they can afford to come back and record and buy fancy cars or, but, but, <laughs> or, you know, put gas in their mom's car so they can keep driving, you know, like. Yeah, that's real. Case. That's <laughs> real struggle. Those are music struggles. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> wow. And, and uh, you know, the streaming is way more than just streaming, but I believe like, you know, the internet has come in and changed the whole Oh, totally. Even the way musicians game. connect. From even Netflix and cable. Yeah, you know, from even uh, even YouTube. I know that I recently just paid like five dollars to watch a movie on YouTube. It was I was just renting something on YouTube, and I said, "Well, this is this is fast. This is amazing. What? Like, but how do you feel that the internet has come in and changed your way of operating as a musician?" Oh man, uh, well, definitely the way people connect. Like I. Mm. Not like super huge into social media, and like I don't have much of an online presence. I don't really know like what to do on social media. You <laughs> no, know, like I, I feel you. I, yeah, like I know a lot of people like they've got like, huge amounts of followers and everything. I'm like, I don't know, like how are you doing that? And like, people get mad at me because I don't have a presence. People are like, oh, Yo, you need an online presence. I'm like, promote yourself, man. Like, you don't have enough followers. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, there's nothing. That's not music at all. There's no like, so I'm spending my time on social media, like making like pages for myself and making like websites and everything. I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But people, if you're not super easy to reach on social media, then you're a ghost. Like you don't exist. And so people just won't find you. Like I won't get, like I do a lot of substitute teaching. Like people just won't contact me <laughs> if I don't have social media because that's the only way they know how to get a hold of me. Most deaf. So like it's, I don't like that. It's almost like an intro before the stage, you know? Like, yeah. Because they, they would rather, they'd rather see Ben Kister on their phone than actual yeah, stage. Yeah, that's so. why I try to post not that much of me playing because like, like I said, the, the, the personality of my playing I think is my biggest selling point. Mm -hmm. um, and like, as far as like chops like you know technical skill goes uh i don't think if anybody like opened my page on instagram they would be like, Whoa, oh my god i got this is the guy yeah. i gotta hire this guy you know yeah. so i don't like it i i do like that it's easier to connect with people 10, but i don't like how you're always comparing yourself mm. on these social media sites and like Comparing yourself to other local musicians is one thing because they're probably like on your level and it's an actual like, it's reality. But then you go on like Instagram, for instance, and you see like the best players in the entire world. And that's all you see. You see like, the best 100 people <laughs> in the entire world. And that's who you're comparing yourself to. That's not realistic at all. Yeah. Like I'm watching these videos. I'm like, how 
I will never be that good. And then I hate myself well, all day long because I'm like, well, there's no way I can do that. Yeah. But it's because it's, it's just setting unrealistic goals. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden, you, you, not only do you see the talent, now you also see the result of the talent by numbers. Exactly. Streams, and like they're uh, flexing so hard. I mean, with all their big shows, I'm like, man, what's going on? Yeah. Like that's, that's Instagram and social media's problem in general, like in every aspect. Of everybody, no matter what you are, whether you're like a model or a yeah. painter or anybody, you're always comparing yourself to people yeah. who are just and, so gorgeous yeah. on Instagram. Like I see these dudes, I'm like, I can't look like you. Right, but, <laughs> my yeah. body doesn't. I'm too tall. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. My body doesn't look like that, you know. And yeah. Anyway, so social media is a mixed bag for me. I, I like how easy it is to connect with people, but I don't love yeah. that we need it to function. 10,000%. Most know? definitely. And especially in a world where you have to essentially sell your image. Exactly. I, I don't I don't like that. I just want to play because, music with Because people. that image is really just only online where you say, look at that body. Like, why is it not exactly. mine? But like, in like, real life, they possibly don't even have personality. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'm just some lanky dude. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want people to look at me and look for my image and hire me because of my image. They, they, yeah, Some that's very interesting. So, how do you feel nowadays with uh, people that are all about image versus the ones with actual skills? Have you recently had any encounter with that or any? I've, yeah, I mean, I definitely seen people who are a lot of flash, mm-hmm. and it's a lot less fun to play with them yeah. because they're just like playing all over you and look what I can do, look what I can do. But mm-hmm. then there are a lot of people who just sit back, like all the best session players. Like you probably don't even know they're there. Yeah. You know, like David T. Walker, for instance, like drive songs, but you probably don't even know he's there. And like people yeah. like Quest Love, yeah. just play like this super basic beat, but it's so tight. And they just drive the song with it. It's it's more about playing the song as opposed to playing your instrument. You know? Yes. Oh, that brings me to another thing where about um, how you find inspiration throughout all of this <laughs> it comes and goes to you. Let me tell you like cause this for me as an artist it's it, the same way uh, that that you you feel that comparison yeah. me as, as, a, as a man that works in the visual realm I'm realizing there's there's so much color there's so much models there's so much concepts out there that sometimes I get overwhelmed oh definitely this, right but you you have to sell your personality not just your images and your look, but also your personality. What are the, uh, some obstacles that you have found in that? Ooh, as far as like inspiration goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> inspiration is hard to come by sometimes. <laughs> I mean, especially when you're trying to make session work your job. Uh, the the music program I'm in at school is very singer songwriter heavy, like sort of like pop pop music oriented. Um, so that's a lot of what I play. Uh, as far as session work goes and there's not a lot of room for creative freedom in that it's it's very there's forms you know first chorus first chorus bridge chorus uh, and you can't get too crazy with it because it needs to be music you can passively listen to mm-hmm. you don't want to be blowing people's minds with like crazy shit going on because they can't listen to that in the mall mm-hmm. and they can't just like put it on in their car and you know jam out so I Sometimes I feel a bit devoid of inspiration when I'm doing that kind of thing because I spend my whole day 
doing session work where my whole job is to do as little as I can and just play like very basic things. And then I get home and I've been playing guitar all day and I don't really want to do anything that I actually enjoy. So I find for me, finding inspiration is easiest when I just have like a day to just sit down and play what I want to play. Nobody else. Back and then to I, step one. Exactly. Black, yeah. What you want to play before collaboration. Looks yeah. like you've exhausted yourself from collaboration. Oh, exactly. And then everything that's just been like bottled up inside finally comes out. And wow, there's also this idea of like different kinds of practice. Mm-hmm. And you can practice without actually having an instrument. You can just like think about what you're going to do. So I spend a lot of time, like I, I drive around a lot. I don't live close to the city. And so whenever I'm in my car, I'm just like thinking, like I'll listen to a guitar and I'll be like, man, what is he doing? And I'll just think. And then the second I get a guitar and some alone time, I've already thought about exactly what I'm going to do so I can just sit down and just yeah. play it. You know, like it takes some practice. With the Visualization. Level. Yeah, just visualizing. So that's, that's also great. a good way to stay inspired. It's just always thinking about what am I going to do when I get that guitar in my hands? Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. I'm so happy that you you really blessed us uh, here at uh, Face the Music podcast. <laughs> uh, a lot of this these questions I try to uh, poke at uh, some of the things that are challenging yeah. for uh, um, musical characters in the industry. Um, but one question I do have in mind is that what would you do if you knew that there would be no way that you could fail? <laughs> no way I could fail. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, release all my unreleased music. Like, okay, okay. do everything. Jump off a bridge. Like, I can't be killed, man. That's it. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, if I if I couldn't fail, and there's no way I could fail, um, I would just play just my music. I write really weird music sometimes, like just for me, just because I like it. Like melodies. Not even melodies, just like weird ambient stuff. I, I really like just creating like a cool sound scape, you know, weird ambience. I'm really into ambient stuff. I don't really think in melodies in my head. Like I think in like sounds, kind of like weird ambient sounds. So yes. I make a lot of that kind of stuff just on my own. Like, like environmental lines. setting, could you say? Uh, e- like- yeah, except it's it's a guitar though. But <laughs> yeah. well, I'll I'll show you a little later. It's yes. it's just very like um, nod melody driven. A lot of yes. uh, Western music is like melody driven. Yeah. Like especially look at the Beatles. What's the that? entire song is centric to the melody only. Yeah. And the chords are built around the melody. What's that? But I like rhythm and sort of chord sounds. Yeah. To, that's to that's why I like, like the mood. mood. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mood. Cool. Well, like, well, here at Face the Music, we are lucky enough to actually have been in the house and doing it on the guitar. So to wrap things up right here, I want to ask you what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? Follow my footsteps. As a a session musician and a guitarist at at your level. Oh, wow. Um, I guess I would have to say... Um, don't be afraid to just go out there and get weird on stage. You know, like <laughs> the the shows where I've just been completely hammered and just acting crazy and just doing crazy stuff are always the best shows because people come up to me after and I'm like, oh my god, that was incredible! You're so energetic and you're so you know, fun to watch. And it took me a long time to be confident enough on stage to actually like be myself and be fun and 
before I was very quiet and like mm-hmm. sit down when I play I'm so tall you know I sit down I don't want people looking at me weird and it, it takes a lot to be confident but without that confidence you can't actually express what you're doing 10,000 and the personality of the music you're making is, is by far the most important part I mean I see a lot of people just like shredding so fast but like I want to actually feel something while I'm watching you mm-hmm. so definitely if I can give any advice it's just like try and actually be yourself on stage because that took me so long to really do yeah get on stage and get funky get funky ben Kistner out get fucked here up, get let weird. him know get wild <laughs> Awesome, 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 awesome having you here at the podcast. Um, today we're going to have um, you actually shredding it out here as an outro, you know. So thank you so much, Ben Kessner, for joining us at here at Face to Music at Collective Headquarters. No, thank you. <laughs> My name is Zoo, and this is Ben Kistner, Hi. and this is Face to Music podcast. podcast. Out here. Out here. <laughs> outro. Girl, you know you don't. I don't care what others picture. Be yourself.